With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's on. Just like that. All right. So today is July 22nd, 2021. And we're here tonight with Carrie. Carrie, we're going to talk about tax court stuff. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk about tax court stuff. We're having a lot of issues with it, though, right now. Uh-oh. And we're also having people that aren't paying attention either. Um, What's going on? Uh, well, well, they need to follow directions and not add to or take away from, and it will just work better for them. Uh, I had a guy call me today. And he said that he was um, still waiting on his um, uh, what do you call it? Hello. Something to do with the task court? Yes. And uh, I said, "Well, what are you waiting on?" Well, he got everything he wanted. But he wanted it to say something different, so he was waiting. And I told him, you don't never wait. You never wait. What you do is you just keep moving forward. So we got that squared away today. So anyways, um, I want to thank everybody for being here. And um, we're going to get started here. Does, before we start, does anybody have a question that I can try to answer? Um, I don't have all the answers. But I if do have some. Do, if you do, hit star two on your phone. We will call on you. Six one nine. Go ahead. Hey, Carrie. Um, is there a some publication out there that exposes or expresses the degree? of latitude that the tax court judge has in granting relief in that declaratory judgment arena that's the tax court? Well, it's funny you say that. Um, um, I came up with something the other day. I didn't sleep well, and, uh, and, and that happens a lot. I don't sleep well anyway. I got up and I walked around and it came to me, and so I put something together, and we've tried it three or four times, and so far, um, they we ha- they haven't been able to move. The IRS is just they're dead in their tracks. So it, we're doing what we're doing, but what we're doing is we're, I'm going to add one more layer for them. Okay. When we get As I, when we get to it, I'll, I'll go over that and show you what we're doing. Go ahead. Because I because the uh, consent decree that I sent in I did is uh, certified and of course we're in agreement. And, of course, the judge, uh, after I sent in the consent decree, the judge said, to the extent petitioner seeks relief is denied. The funny part is I didn't seek relief in my petition, and the DOM case says the, if it's not mentioned in the petition, 
the, the court can't rule on it, which is perfectly reasonable. So my thought is now, now that I have the consent decree certified, I'm going to go back in and do a petition in supplemental hearing and bring in not a petition kit, but write up a, 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 a supplemental petition and where I'm going to go in and seek relief. I'm just trying to find the scope where relief may be possible. What, what, what things can the judge order relief? I mean, what can he do? What can't he do in the declaratory judgment? That, well, that's what I'm looking to do next. He, well, he can give you anything. He, you know, he can give you anything he wants. The, the problem we're having is, does the does that court have the jurisdiction? And in the tax case, a tax court pretty much has a lot of latitude and longitude because it is a tax court. Yeah. Now. If you will, I'm going to show you what we started doing. It's only been a couple of days. Would you look up publication one for me? And when you get it, come back and we're going to read some things. And I'm going to show you what we what we started doing and what we're going to start doing. And I think this might help you with it. And, um, and we'll, sh we'll just show you. But publication one is your rights as a taxpayer. Now, yeah. I know most people, most people have gotten them. So when you get it pulled up, I'm going to show you what we're going to do. Yes. It's simple, simple, simple. And because it's so simple, so far they haven't been able to get their arms around it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. Okay, now, when you go to the tax court, you're going to get a court order saying that they don't have jurisdiction because you yep. didn't get a notice of deficiency or a notice of determination, or in some forms or fashion. Now, what is another name or another word for a notice of deficiency and notice of determination? Do you know what another name for that is? Uh, it, uh, would it be a levy and distraint? I don't know. Well, how about a claim? In other words, you never received a notice of deficiency. That means you, there's no claim there. You never received yep. a notice of de determination. Well, that would be a claim. In other words, yes. there's no claim. Does, does that make sense? So they're yes. admitting there's no claim. Now, if you will go to the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights and read number three, and let's see what they're saying, and I'm going to try to show you what I came up with on this. Read number three, if you will. <laughs> number, number three reads, the right to pay no more than the correct amount of tax. Taxpayers have the right to pay only the amount of tax legally due including interest and penalties, and to have the IRS apply all tax payments properly. Now, if I never received a notice of deficiency or a notice of determination, I never received a, um, a claim. The claim would be you owe $40,000 or you owe a dollar. So then what they're doing is they're coming back and they're saying, well, we're gonna, we're gonna levy your account for 125,000. We're gonna file a levy. The problem is, you're, so what we're doing is we're going back saying, uh, I'm in receipt of your letter, dated, so-and-so, numbered so-and-so, and you said I owe X amount under a, no, a notice of, of deficiency or, um, or a notice of lien. The problem is under the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, number three says I'm only, I only can pay what I, what I uh, uh, no more than what I, uh, uh, I owe. Without a notice of deficiency or notice of determination, there's no claim. Therefore, yes. you're violating you're violating publication one number three. Now, 
as I read this, it becomes more and more prevalent to me. Read number seven, if you would. Right, right to privacy. Taxpayers have the right to expect that any IRS inquiry, examination, or enforcement action will comply with the law, with the law, and be no more intrusive than necessary, and will respect all due process rights, all due process rights, including search and seizure protections, and will provide, where applicable, a collection due process hearing. Now, you owe um, X amount of dollars, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do a levy. Well, once they do the, the lien or a levy, without, without a, a um, claim, they violated number three and number seven. There's other ones in here that are just as good. I'm trying to graft all this. I can't, this came to me about two nights ago, and we've tried it now several times. And so far, we call the IRS and they, and they well, we'll get back to you. We're without long enough that what they're doing is they're asking for more time, which is to our advantage. They're asking for a 90, we get the 90 day letter. In other words, they're saying that they're going to leave, they're going to, they're going to levy your bank account. We put this out. Now they're coming back saying that you don't have to do anything. We need, we need 90 more days. So we bought them 90 days already. So I know there's something here. And so what we're doing now is we're, we're, we're taking the letter we get. And instead of saying, you sons of bitches, we, you know, thank you. I'm in, I'm in receipt of your letter dated, whatever the date is on it. And on there, if there's, if there's a, a letter, a, a letter number, we put letter so-and-so, um, See, you are now violating your our uh, our right as a taxpayer. Publication one, uh, part three, the right to pay no more than uh, the correct amount of tax by having no notice of deficiency, no notice of determination. There is no amount that can be owed. Therefore, that amount is is frivolous. Now we're back on frivolous. See, we can go. Uh, we can charge them with frivolous. So then I always have an invite for them. If I'm going to give you 10, I'm going to give you 15 days to correct it, or I'm going to invite you in front of a judge so we can have a talk to the judge. You're also violating number seven. I have a right to privacy by you doing what you're doing without the without the um, exact without the uh, claim. There's mm -hmm. no due process. Therefore, you're violating not only three, but seven. Now I'm looking at it. Uh, if you look and see number 10, it's a fair, the right to a fair and just tax system. Well, if I don't have a, if I, if I don't have any claim, you're saying I owe money, that's not fair. You're also violating number 10. Well, there's some other ones in here that are even better. I'm grafting some letters to use for that. So what we're doing is we had a guy that they were going to levy his account and put a, what do you call it, a lock-in letter. And uh, we sent this out, and, and it's been, uh, it's been uh, well, it was going to be done Friday. And here it is, what is today? Thursday. And it's already now um, um, four days past what he was going to do it. They haven't done it yet. So yeah. what does that mean? I don't know what that means. All I know is... Because I think outside the box, these are things that we're coming up with that we're steadily, see, we're steadily on the move. That's an offensive move, by the way. See, by doing it that way, we're not waiting for them to react and we're trying. See, once they do, they can pick up the phone and call the bank and levy your account. 
they'll take the money out of your account. You can't even get there that fast. By doing this, we're moving faster. That way they, we, you know, you, you may have to send it overnight. You may have to send, in other words, you may have to think about, how, you may have to email it to them. You may have to fax it to them. But what I'm saying is, as we start to use this stuff, what it's doing is putting the kibosh on their movement. So if it, and so now what we got, he got today, he called me today, and he got a 90-day letter. Uh, um, I'm in receipt of your letter dated so-and-so. Um, I need, we, we need to get behind and get, get all, the, all the facts, all the information. We need 90 more days. Well, that's fine. That means the man gets his check for another 90 days. That means, see, then, then when they send a letter in the mail, uh, uh, we said, well, wait a minute, we're under 90 days. We're under 90 day freeze. You can't call me. You can't talk to me. You can't look at me for 90 days. Here's the letter. See, and what I realized what they're doing is, see, you'll, you'll get a, um, you'll get a letter from Austin saying, uh, you owe a hundred thousand dollars. You'll get one from Ogden saying, uh, you owe 75,000. So now uh, which one's right? See, it's, you're, we're chasing our tail. By doing this, we're cutting that off. We're, we're cutting them off at the pass. See, yeah. We're playing, we're, see, so what we're doing is we're making these offensive moves, and it's absolutely cr- crippling them. I hope that so makes what sense. I, but, so what, what, what I did, I, I did write to the Social Security Administration for a Form 7050, a certified copy, where they printed out all the previous uh, quote-unquote employers and the amounts of the of that, that employer's, uh, the paycheck amount, which of course is the liability of those corporations. And my, and my initial thought is to go back in and do my own accounting of the amount of excise tax that was accumulated, which they don't have the right to keep. And I'll do my own assessment of the amount of accumulations based on parole evidence from the Social Security Administration. And I'm gonna use the, the subpoena, tax court subpoenas to contact different accounts and get full accountings of everything transacting and uh, bring in all this parole evidence and to show the amount of accumulations of my credit that was transferred but never returned. And that's one way I was going to go back in, first do subpoenas, and especially to my employers who seize my accounts. You know that when they do that lock-in letter with 6331, levy and distraint, uh, they always leave out paragraph A, which states that only government employees are the ones that can be distrained, and it's also tied to Title 27. But they leave that Part A out, which would seem to be a false statement under Title 15, 1692E, and it's a penalty under 78FF of $25 million for that false statement. As you know, it's, a, it's lying by omission. So uh, Title 15 would seem to control IRS and their collection actions. Right. Also, if you read if you read number ten, the right to a fair and just tax system. Well, by doing that, leaving A out, that's no longer fair and just. They're violating uh, um, publication one. Also, every time I do something with them, they send me a thing in the mail saying you're uh, publication one. They send me. I probably got a drawer full of publication one. <laughs> me too. Me too. Because that this is yeah, this is one of their their hammers. So I thought, hmm, what can I use this for? And I just woke up one day because I, I didn't sleep, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to use publication one against them. I believe if we use Title 26, and I'm not saying 15 is not a good idea. That's a great idea, and 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 what we're starting to use too is a parallel table of authorities. Now, yeah, we sued the IRS. We sued the IRS 10 years ago. And they won't settle with us. 
but they went to the court and told the judge that he wanted this stopped. He, and, and he said, here's an accounting. He said, the taxpayer has cost us $1 million in attorney's fees. And they had it all broke down. They had it all broke down. <laughs> the IRS volunteered. The IRS, the IRS volunteered. They can't bitch. They started it. <laughs> right, right. But so what we have is we have a lawsuit that's 10 years old. Actually, it's probably 11 years old. I don't remember the exact day. But, but so, so that the, the attorney firm that they hired um, invoices the um, IRS $100,000 a year. So that's a thousand. All, uh, uh, let's just say close to it because I don't remember the exact. They get a thousand dollars a month from the IRS, and they only do a letter or a motion one every two or three or four months. So, so the, 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 what we did was we we actually sued the company that 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 put the lien on the guy. The co- and so the company has 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 lost a million dollars in attorney's fees because they won't return the money they took. So we're just going to keep it going. We're going to ride this horse as hard as we can, and we're going to beat this horse as hard as we can. And, and what it ends up doing is it, it's putting them in a position they don't know how to handle this. They don't know how to deal with it, see, because well, the, we're um, not working. I mean, it would seem any if, there, if there's never, never been a tax liability, which I got from the FOIA request I did, and, and there is no deficiency notices because it's Title 27, all those accumulations would create a constructive trust. And there's a, a maxim that says equity will not allow a statute to be used as a cloak for fraud. And so they've, they've created a constructive trust where the accumulations of all my credit has been accumulated in a constructive trust. And that's another angle to go in for the extraordinary, uh, extraordinary jurisdiction and equity in the declaratory judgment court of the tax court and bring in the accounting. And I'm the beneficiary of the resulting trust and bring in Title 15 as the enforcement for the collection actions that are uh, inappropriately done by the IRS as a, as a mere debt collector. Um, okay. Now, I'm not saying that that's that, – you're probably right. That's probably better than anything I've ever done. The problem with it is it's extremely – you have to know a lot to do it. And, and, right. and, and so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people that, are, that, that just – they work every day and they don't understand what's happening. They just know they're in trouble. So well, – so, if you would put that together, give it to Tad, maybe we can we can massage it where people can use it and we can start getting paid. I'm not telling but, you any, I'm not saying anything. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant. But um, not everybody not everybody's going to be able to understand it until you. But you. I mean, to realize I, I have a I have some coupons from the IRS that are like sixty nine thousand dollars, fifty eight thousand dollars, seventeen thirteen. I mean, I have a whole range of. Uh, of ranges. I mean, there's 94,000. They they talk about the unbalanced excise tax, and I took the coupons, put it on a 5511 Treasury form, and I had my my uh, private banker medallion stamp that coupon. Because if the coupon is a, is a unbalanced um, credit balance that they don't know who it belongs to, and if if I if the IRS doesn't have or the commissioner doesn't have jurisdiction to make me the debtor, well then that coupon is my security. And I got it medallion stamped, and I'm going to be sending it up to the treasury to have them redeem that stamp and send it back as a treasury check. So that's obviously my credit, not the IRS's credit to collect from me. But it's my it's my credit to collect from them and have the treasury handle it through the um, 1500 Pennsylvania Avenue 3413 room. 
now that it's been medallion stamped by my private banker, and I'll let you know what happens there. Great. You see, there's a, that's a wonderful thing. See, that's hey, a wonderful Sean, thing. I got a question for you. Yeah. The 1040V that you sent, the voluntary withholding, W4V, it says that it is voluntary withholding for unemployment compensation and certain federal government and other payments. How does that apply to a uh, employment situation? Well, they're not employing me. They're employing the name and social security number, and they're, they're getting a credit line. I mean, an Article Article Five credit line for that uh, setting up that account. Hold on. Hold and on. so, let's say that we're just working with an average Joe who's working for an employer. How would this work for him? Well, the I, I can't be an employee because I'm not engaged in a trade or business. I'm not appointed to public office, so the W four is inappropriate for an quote unquote when I have a job. Um, so the W-4V is a, a payer payee, and um, and box seven is where you check off, I do not want state or federal taxes withheld. That's subtitle A down there. But it still allows subtitle C, employment taxes, to be withheld because subtitle C, employment taxes, have enforcement. Subtitle A, there are no enforcement statutes under subtitle A. And subtitle C, the employment, FICA, Social Security, Medicare, unemployment, workman's comp, um, that has enforcement because the Social Security Administration is a third party to the contract, and because of the third party, there are enforcement statutes for Subtitle C. But it doesn't make me an employee where I'm lying about the fact that I hold public office. And uh, the only thing is, with the W-4V, I have to turn in a W-9 with my Social Security number with it. That's that's required. That's that's that, in the in the email I sent you. I highlighted some of the statutes dealing with payer payee. And one of the things, uh, W-9 needs to go along with it. I mean, some people have gotten in trouble with their employers because the W-4, V, they, they're idiots, of course. I mean, yeah, of course they're idiots. And, um, and uh, so there's, a tr- there's some tricky things that happen. If you, sometimes the employer pushes back. And uh, one guy did it. The employer pushed back and falsified a W-4 for this employee, made up their own, and, you know, forces. I mean, it's an unconscionable contract, of course, but now he has the tax court case coming in. And when he goes back in, he says, you didn't have the right to actually sign that W-4 for me and, and alter and abolish my W-4V. That's a, fe- that's a federal court case, that, that Malinowski case I sent you. says they don't have the employee doesn't have the ability to do that. It's not their standing. To, my unilateral set, signatures on there are not the employer. It's my thing I'm doing. Who are they to trespass on my signature and my form, which is what they did? So, but the W-4V requires a W-9 according to statute. And there's even a statement under 1441-5 that states uh, um, not subject to. There's a statement that you're uh, you know, a citizen of the United States of America or something like that. I have to go look it up again. Um, so the W-4V with a W-9 is required by statute. Now, whether or not the employers are too stupid to even look it up, which is probably true, that's a crapshoot. Okay. All right. Well, maybe cool. I'll get back with you on that. All right, later. Thanks. Hey, thank you so very, very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hail Mary. Well, two things, darling and darling. Um, I just got uh, the, the wonderful state I live in just helped themselves to my two bank accounts just under $1,000. <laughs> and uh, they said because I hadn't... It's a whole mess, but anyhow, the long and short of it is, is 
I talk like Carrie and the young man said, well, you own a business. You still have to file your paper, your, your income tax. I said, well, I did. I filed it in my file. Well, you have to unfile it and mail it to us. And I said, oh, okay, I'll do that. <clears throat> so then um, I also attached my court order um, that the IRS has no jurisdiction over me because in 40, they ask for your federal income tax form. So I'm hoping, praying, that that's going to be sufficient so I can get my money back. And then the second challenge I have is um, last year my brother was killed and we're trying to settle his estate. And he was in partnership with several different people. And I'm just trying to make this quick. But he owes taxes. And that's going to come out of our proceeds as um, beneficiaries of his estate. How do we address that? Well, um, uh, the problem is you're allowing them to tell you what's going to happen. So the, the answer to that, in my opinion, is, and this isn't legal advice, no, I got it. How can you okay? How can you owe a tax before it's due? Now remember, publication one, and where we're using it. If you read publication one, publication okay. one says you have a right. You have a right to pay only the tax that you owe. All you have to do is get. If they'll give you a ninety-day break, they'll give you the money. See. And that's what we're doing now. We're using this, and and they don't know how to use it now. They don't know what to do with it because we're, like I said, we're using it. I reverse engineered it. We're we're, we're using it in reverse. See, now I want to ask you a question, Mary. If I owe you a hundred dollars, who's got the problem? I think we both do, but no, nope, no, that's not true. I don't have a why would I have a problem? Well, don't you have a conscious? <laughs> well, we're talking about the IRS, so that that's not, I didn't ask you about a conscience. Who's got the problem? So you have the problem. So now, right. here's what you're going to do. You're going to do this, and you're going to do that, but I, I don't want to do that. Then I'm not giving you your money back. Once I get right. their money, see, now they want to see, now they want me to pay a 40% or a 50% or a 30% tax. Oh, I'll be glad right. to do that. But in order for me to do that, here's what I need from you. I need this sign in a penalty. Well, we don't sign in a penalties of perjury. Well, then I don't give money back without it. See, um, uh, like I said, when I went and saw that that young lady in that restaurant, I said, does this shirt make me look fat? What is she right. going to say? The next thing out of her mouth, I, I've pinned her to the wall. No, it doesn't. Right. Okay, so you're saying I'm fat. Well, no, I'm not saying that. Well, yes, the shirt. Okay, I'm going to take the shirt off and see if I'm skinny. Well, no, you don't. Uh, well, see, no matter what she says, I have her. That's what I do to them. As soon as they right. say, we don't sign stuff under penalties of perjury. Good. I'm so happy. That makes me feel good because you, the, the, the $125,000 you say I owe, when you do, I have a check ready for you. And then I'm walking out. I'm done. 
It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to stand there and argue with them because, see, when we argue with them, we're bring, what we're doing is we're bringing in uh, we're bringing in too many uh, ifs. See, and we're we're opening we're opening we're opening arguments we can't cover. You know, and so right. where the problem comes, we don't understand. See, I heard this probably a hundred times this week. Well, the judges are corrupt. And let me tell you, they are corrupt. But if I go to the judge and I'm arguing that my shirt don't make me look fat and he can't hear the case, I, he, right. well, go ahead and tell us all about it. So I talked to him for two hours and I, I laid my whole case out. How wonderful. I mean, it's, well, it's beautiful. The handwriting is epic. He's going to say, well, I can't, hear, I can't hear the case. I have to dismiss the case. Now, I, see, what we're doing is they are corrupt, but I take the corruption from them. That way, when I do appeal it, I have some meat on the bone that when I take it to the, to the uh, 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 appeal, appeals court, there's something there. Now, the other thing that we're starting to do is we're doing a, uh, uh, um, a judicial um, what is it called, Tad? Help me out here. A judicial um, review. Bar grievance. We're doing a bar grievance. Okay. <laughs> now, so what, what we're doing is we're doing a bar grievance, and 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 by doing a bar grievance, what that does is the, the bar now has to go and, and talk to the to the to the um, um, attorney or judge. Now let me explain it to you this way. When I was in my 20s, I worked for a company. We were they were a union. Well, when I when I didn't when I didn't when the company told me to go and work, and if I didn't want to work that day, I would just file a grievance on the on the on the company. The union would go up there and they would have a oh, we, right. they would have a, a okay. So what happens is um, so 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 when I have a when I'm working with a union member and the union member won't do his job. What he does is he puts us all in harm because I'm doing the job for, or he's doing the job for two guys. We need three so somebody doesn't get hurt. So what right. the bar grievance does, okay, we're filing the grievance against the, the, the attorney or the judge by making the statement um, they're, they're damaging the court. Well, you can't have a damaged court. Or you won't, they won't have anywhere to, 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 to hose us with. See, and so ethics is a big thing. Now, the question is, according to Publication 1, I don't have to pay any more than I have to. Now, when I go to the bar grievance, the, the attorney is saying that I have to pay $100,000 and I never got, an, I never got a, uh, a notice of deficiency. I've never had a claim. What they're doing is they're damaging the tax system. Now I don't have to talk about taxes. So what I found out is, Anytime you talk about taxes, you're going to get your head handed to you. So what I try to do, every argument I ever have, it's never about taxes. See, it's about something else. And, and, and what that's doing is that, that's taking the, the, the uh, corruption. There's, the judges are still corrupt, but it makes them less corrupt. Um, we, you know, a, a week or so ago, we took, the 
little theory that I put together, you know, and I made it, we made a form and we went after the property tax and the guy that they're, they're after his property tax, he took the video camera in, in the, uh, ta- uh, the, the county tax assessor and he videotaped it. Everything was going f- well until he asked the critical question. When he did, the guy got him and said, my testimony is done. Well, now we have a testimony. It went from, see, now we have his testimony. And I mean, he is, this guy is beating them to death. And the reason he is, because, um, okay, uh, the testimony of the guy, all we want to know is how to pay it. So the question is not how much you owe. I, I don't care how much I owe. I'll pay it. What I need to know is how they came up with that figure when there's no assessment. So what they've right. done is they've damaged the tax system. Now, that's near and dear to all their hearts because that's how they control us. So if I've never had an assessment, see, that would be like you going to the, I'm going to the mechanic's garage. My truck won't start. My truck won't start. Can you fix it? Sure. What's it going to cost? I, I don't worry about that. I'll take care of it. You go pick up your truck. You got a $300 truck, and, and your bill's $5,000. What did you do? I put four new tires, brakes, I put a new bed on it, put a new seat in it, and I put a windshield in it. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, you know, oh, the trucks still don't start, but it looks better. Well, that may, uh, wait a minute. You, what you've done is you've damaged the, 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 the integrity of mechanics or whatever. So what they're doing, see, is they're damaging the tax system. And, and, okay. and so... So, so that's how we're doing all this. And, and by using publication one, they use it all the time. So now I'm using it. And, and I went ahead and was using Title 26. When we went to a court, um, I was the POA for a guy. The, the, uh, the IRS agent got so angry. He said, Your Honor, he cannot use Title 26 anymore. The judge says, Why? It has no legal effect. The judge says, do you know what you I can't deal with this guy anymore. I can't deal with this guy anymore. So the judge, uh, then, then he said, and, and because it doesn't have any legal effect, we want the case sealed. So they sealed the case, overturned the case, and, and the guy has, he has no tax liability. And the whole reason he don't have no tax liability is he never got the assessment. So we have to have the proper argument. To go in there and say, um, I don't have to pay. Well, uh, you're, see, you're damaging their tax system, see? Right. So, so if you were in my situation, how would you address this challenge? Well, what I would do is, in, um, is I would counsel with an attorney, and the only reason for it is it's outside of my expertise. See, okay. if, if it comes to... You see, and the reason, I, I'm not saying hiring, see what he's going to cost you. Because if he takes it on consignment, he gets a third and he gets nothing, he gets nothing. So you can bet he's going to get something. So, so you know, and, and what I always do if I have to count and t- talk to an attorney, uh, you're, you're, you're going right is 30%. I'm willing to give you 35%. So if he gets a million dollars, that's an extra $50,000 for him. See, so what I try to do is I'm not telling your attorneys are good. There's just some things I can't do because I'm not one. Right. Got it. And see, okay. And, and if you, if you win a case and you win a case and it's 
the court gives it to you, there are no taxes due on a, on a case that's won in court. My wife's sister's husband was killed about, oh, a month ago. He was killed. And, um, oh, I'm sorry. The, and, and so the, yeah, well, that's fine. And the, and the guy that killed him was insured. So, so she got a, a pretty big check. Now, none of that's taxable. And the reason it's not attorney was involved, he got his 30%. And, and see, attorneys don't pay taxes because everything that they get, they say it comes from the court. And, and so, so, so it's an unfair system. See, so if you, if you, win, if you, win, if you win your case in court, there's no, there's no tax on it. That's why attorneys do it that way. So you got to pay your fair share. Well, the fair share would be that the attorneys pay their fair share too, but they don't pay taxes. Now, now, I shouldn't say that because I, I, I'm sure some do, but they don't on their big settlements. So if you get a court settlement, it's not taxable. So, no. so, um, so, see, so, so now there's an incentive there. See, you know, what you want to do is you want to always talk to the to make it to your advantage. In other words, you know, the them SOBs, they stole my money. You know, I got guys that show up in, in front of the IRS say, you're, you're a bunch of thieves and liars. Well, you've already turned, you're already uh, out. You know, I go there and I tell them, I say, man, I want to thank you guys for the job you're doing. That way these thugs, these no good SOBs that don't pay their fair share, I'm one of them. So I just go in there and I slam myself. Now they're, they put their guard down. And as soon as they put their guard down, I go for the juggler. That's just the way I do it. So you might want to, you know, you might want to talk to an attorney and he may say, well, you don't have a case. Well, you got a case. We'll figure something out then. But he might take the case for a continuance because, you know, if it's, if it's a hundred thousand dollar case or more, there's, that's, that's a substantial amount of money for him. See. Right. Um, right. Does that help? Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. Does... yeah. It's just, it's just so convoluted because, Yes. We didn't realize it, but he he had a lot of different business partners, and and he was a silent partner and stuff. And oh God, I mean it's right. I, I don't know how we're gonna all sort it out, but you know. Yeah, I don't and, know and how the attorney that yeah, the attorney that my brother hired, my other brother hired, he only you know he only charges three hundred dollars an hour so <laughs> well <laughs> only yeah yeah and see uh, you know that right wrong or different it, it doesn't matter that's what he's getting and that's what he's right. paying and that's what he's getting and that's what we're paying I, you know i don't begrudge anybody for that but just go in there and have a you know in most cases they'll talk to you they'll give you a 30 minute free consultation sit down and say hey here's right. here's what i've got this is what happened what can you do for me and is it worth going after he's gonna say oh man that's great then, then let him do it that way when he, when he wins there'll be no taxes and the irs won't knock on your door but my my wife's sister um when he was killed um they had they had a big insurance company so the insurance wrote a check to the attorney then yeah. the attorney wrote a check to her the, right. the attorney wrote a check to her so it's, so she's she got a an uh uh seven or an eight figure settlement right without any taxes due without any taxes due so so what you have is an unfair system see the other thing that i'm using is the grace commission i have the grace commission 
on on um, on White House stationery, and it says that not one dime of your money that you that you that they collect from you goes to the government. Not one dime of it. Not, I think it says one nickel. So when when they when they say to me, well, do you think you should pay a fair share? I think I think I should pay more than my fair share. Then I hand, then I hand that to them. See, it's on the White House paper, and here it is. It says right here, not a dime of it goes in there. So how much of my fair share should I pay? They're not getting it anyway, so you're a liar. See, everything that I can use to my advantage, that's what I do. You know, and, and so what we're trying to do here is we're trying to pick one issue, you know, and, and, and try to find a, an answer to it. The, the, the problem we have, it's, a, it's, a bigger, it's bigger than that. So what we have to do is we have to eat the elephant one bite at a time and see, but right. what you're talking about isn't really my expert. That's not really my expertise all that much. Now, does anybody else have a, a Thank question? You. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, the other thing that we're, I don't. Yeah. The other thing. Yeah. The other thing that we're having issues with is um, we're, we're, we, when you get your court order, they're showing, they're, they're giving it away too fast. The IRS agent will say, yeah, um, you owe us money. Well, I haven't got a notice of deficiency yet. Yes, you did. Then, then that's when you use it. You, you don't write them a letter say, eat, shit, die, and type them a letter and say, here, this is what I got. See, we're, we're letting our defense out before we get there. See, I don't play defense. And since I don't play defense, well, I don't understand defense people, hands Two people with their hands That's raised. good. Absolutely. Hit star two. Come on. Come on. Go ahead. This is Arizona John. I was just wondering on that letter that you have from the Grace Commission from the White House, it says none of your money goes to the government. Does it tell us where the money goes? It does. It does. It does. Where? The Vatican? The London? No. Where does it go? No. It goes to the bankers for interest. <laughs> Wow. So what I'm saying to you, see, so what I'm saying to you is if you if you want it, I think I gave it to Tad, ask Tad and, and he'll he'll send you a copy of it. If he doesn't have it, I'll give it to him. But what so so the question is, um, don't you think you should pay for good streets? Don't you think you should pay for bridges? Don't you think you should pay for good roads? Absolutely. Then you should pay your fair share. Okay then. The fair share would be for me, go, go let's go back to publication one. All of the money should be given to where it has to go. They're the ones that are val uh, they're, they're turning this inside out. So there's another argument that I have. Well, if none of my money goes to, to pay the government, you're saying I don't pay my fair share, then, then you're violating number, th number three. My money's not there. Therefore, I can't file right now until you fix your house. See, they, they don't know how to answer that question. Does that make sense? Right, right. All right, so, thank you. A, my pleasure. It's not a it's not a matter of me standing here saying, Okay, come on. You know, I wouldn't get in the I wouldn't get in the ring, a boxing ring with Mike Tyson, because he would he would clean my clock or he'd kill me. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get in there with a with a baby. Why? Because I have a chance. Or I'm gonna get in there with a cripple or or I'm gonna see, I'm gonna get in there with somebody who's more my speed. See, I'm not going to get in there. So what we're doing is we're getting into the ring with a professional boxer, which is the IRS. So what I do is I bring stuff to them that they don't know. 
I, I ask them questions, and they're so quick to tell me, well, you don't pay your fair share. Well, hmm, my fair share would be right here on, on three. says it goes to where it goes. But yet, the uh, under, and it's got the date on it. It was written in 1985. It says right here, not one nickel of my money goes to, to so you're violating three. You just talking to me, you're violating three. Let's go see a judge. See, they don't want to go to see a judge with me. Because when I get there, I'm not going to talk about taxes. I'm not talking about taxes. I'm talking about the IRS said I'm not paying my fair share. My fair share is being given away. So my fair share doesn't matter what my fair share is because it's not being used for what it says on publication one. Therefore, that IRS agent needs to go to prison for violating his oath of office. It's, you know, I just throw stuff to him all the time. And it's kind of like, whoa. See, they get tired of it. But um, uh, there's several. That's okay. Sure, go right ahead. Let's bring them on. I'll bring them on. 509. Unmuted for me. Yep. I have a couple pieces of staff of, uh, strategy you might be interested in. Wonderful. Um, <clears throat> this one comes from the Uniform Federal lien registration act uniform federal lien registration act in the state of washington is chapter 60.68 rcw that's chapter 60.68 rcw under that under 60.68.045 it refers to the tax lien index this act has been put before the commissioners and the commissioners forced the recorder to do as said. Duties of the county auditor, when a notice of such tax lien is recorded, the county auditor shall forthwith enter it on an alphabetical tax lien index to provide by the board of the county directors showing on one line and then it goes on to say what it's supposed to show. So what the instruction is, is the IRS agent comes to the recording office of the, of the state with a notice of federal tax lien, that would be an NFTL, hands it to her or him and is uh, ordered to put it on the tax lien index. Uh, it's not a tax lien, it is a notice of tax lien. It still gets installed on the tax lien index as an FT, as an FTO, not an NFTL. As soon as that is recorded on this tax lien index, the IRS agent asks for a, a, a confirmation copy, a certified true copy of the tax lien index. And that certified copy of the tax wants several copies, one for the sheriff, one for the banker and one for the employer. He gathers together all these certified copies of the tax lien index. He takes the tax lien index to the sheriff and uses it to get real estate, real property. He takes it to the banker to get the banking account. He takes one of these to the employer to get the man's paycheck or the woman's paycheck. But there is a flaw in it. Notice of tax lien cannot be used to collect taxes. It's a notice. The only thing a notice of tax lien can do lawfully 
estrogen indicate that there is a lien filed. If there's no lien filed, there can't be a notice of tax lien on it. So they work with a notice of tax lien to snatch all this money when they haven't even got a tax lien in file in the recorder's office. And anybody can take their notice of tax lien index in their tax lien into their and require a copy of it. If they, they, they can't find the actual lien, then there's been a fraud committed. So that shows you how to disable the tax notice of tax lien system. Now the second thing is, they have to, in order to, to seize property, they call it levy property. Seize property, there's another step Okay, let me gather my thoughts here. Uh, if, if you're working with pure commercial law, there are, no other system has jurisdiction over it. It's easy to prove the commercial law is absolutely omnipotent. Uh, if it's not, if uh, any uh, legal process is not in harmony with the, with the fundamentals of commercial law, and it's a non-entity. So, what happens here is they, uh, uh, let me get this straight. If you're going to go in and, and assert a lien and you can't get the results you want, the next instrument is a, is known as, known as a distra, distress. You look up liens in these dictionaries, you get how to establish the money. But when it comes to a distress, you have to go to distress, you have to pay a bond on the distress. So the Internal Revenue Service did not want to have to pay a bond on every distress because they could only run their notice with a distress. It's the only way it worked. And so, what they did in this other ruse, instead of calling the process a distress, they call it a distraint. They changed the name from distress to distraint to make it unnecessary for them to pay a distress bond. That's why they do that. And so, liens are a debt collection instrument that never has to be taken to a a uh, statutory court does not have to be satisfied by any type of court process whatsoever. A lien is a paper debt collector. A distress is a paper sheriff. So you have to have. Right. So, and so what we're trying to do is I'm just trying to help you with how to get around all that. And all that, what you're saying is true. Yes, and all you have to do is make it clear that it is true, and they have to back off, and you don't need any of the court processes. And if right, they try to right. challenge that, what you do is you put in a notice of interest. A notice of interest is a Jewish process, um, almost what you say, a top secret. Judges know about right. it. A notice of interest that there's something wrong in the process and you're at demanding three days, three day, excuse me, three weeks notice. 
three weeks to, to uh, what they call it, exhaust your commercial processes with affidavits. That's the basic purpose. But they never tell you that. No, when, you're, when you go into a court system, you go into a court system, you're expected to, uh, in a civil case, you're, you're expected to file in the civil case, uh, make an appearance in response to the summons, is to make an appearance in three, three within 21 days or three weeks. It's also a Jewish symbol. And what it means basically is they can't put you into a statutory court until you've exhausted all your remedies in commerce. That would be Mellow Rich Builders versus San Bernardino, San Bernardino County, California. Mellow Rich, M-E-L-O-R-I-C-H, Builders versus San Bernardino County, California. It's also involved in the definition of an affidavit. Affidavits are commercial instruments, technically. IRS agents won't use them. They use declarations. Affidavits have to be sworn true, correct, complete, and technically true, correct, complete, and not misleading. And you'll find that particular entry on, um, in the case of uh, the pilot connection, Philip Marsh pilot connection. Uh, he had an organization against taxation. And um, uh, in his indictment on page 23, line 5, it states, the way you disqualify a thing as being a uh, scam is it has to have four considerations. It has to be true, correct, complete, and not misleading. It's not the normal three, it's four. But when an IRS agent goes into court to, to play his game, he uses Title 26, or no, Title 28, Section 1746, I think it is, it stands. It has to be sworn true and correct, but never, never complete, because the IRS agent always wants an open door to be able to lie by omission. So that's those are basically the little games they play. So in your memo, in your summons, your summons in the court process, all the summonses for court processes have to be uniform, state to state over the whole United States. That's Article 4, United States Constitution. The act records and proceedings will be the same universally. So what the problem is, they have to, they, everybody has to exhaust their remedies and commerce first. So to exhaust them, they have to have the time to do that. So there's an automatic continuance of 21 days or three weeks Jewish for that to be in the Jewish and international commerce, they have to give the person three days and the three weeks to exhaust their remedies in commerce. Right. Well, that's all. That's all real difficult to do. I'm trying to make it more simple. But uh, Philip Marsh is how I got started in all this. I knew the guy. Um, I got indicted the same day he did. Him and I went to the same tax. We went to the same judge. He went to jail for 17 years. Marley and his wife went for 15 years, and I, I got acquitted. You can read it. You can go online and read what they did and how they did it. And a lot of that stuff they violated against us, but it, it just happened. Um, yes, I'm not, I'm but, 
I'm not saying that I'm putting down your you're saying I find it very, very interesting. All I'm trying well, to tell you yes. is basically the, the jurisdiction is commercial and you have three okay. three weeks. Okay, that's good. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. They've heard that argument before. No, they've heard that argument before. I haven't seen anybody win it. The argument that I put towards them, I've never lost it. Every time I have had twenty eight, I've had twenty eight meetings this year already with the Internal Revenue Service, and all twenty eight we walked. And the reason for it is I use the definitions of the words. All of that is, you're right. All of that is true. All of that is right. But you can't prove that against the government. They're not going to let you. So what, right. what I try to do. You're right, sir. Hmm? But, but what, what you do then is you file a notice of interest, and then you immediately file a criminal complaint. And when they activate it by, by trying to put it down by selective prosecution, your criminal complaint is set up to give you a fair market value. You immediately put it into a lien and you become the prosecutor. And if they don't answer you within 90 days, it turns into cash. Right. Well, like I said, I, we, we've had trouble with that. But I, I, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. If you can, if you will, if you have your process, if you would, get it to TAD, and I would like to look at it. Now, I'll do that. Um, I'll do thank that. you. Thank you so, so very you, much. Sir, sir you know thank you very, very much. Sir, do you know how to do that? Yes, I will. I'll leave you the address. I'll give you my address. Well, wait, hold on. Don't do, don't do it. Don't do it here. Go to my website, youhavetheright.com. Yes, sir. Go to the contact link and send me a message. Yes, sir. Yes, and we can look at that and we can maybe incorporate what we're doing. Now yeah. let me get back to this. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the document right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, sir. Did you get that address? A website address. Yes. I have access to your address. Can you repeat it for me. Somebody else put suggested that I appear on your show tonight, and they have your address. Thank you. Okay. All right, send me a message, please. I've said enough. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you so very much for that. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate it. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. Okay, now I'm going to read you this. It says, Congressional Research Service, the Library of Congress, the Grace Commission. This is January 31st, 1985. I'm going to read you what you asked me what it says. Here's what it says. One third of all tax, excuse me, one third of all taxes is consumed by waste and inefficiency of the federal government as we identified it in our survey. Another one third of all taxes escapes collections from others as underground economy blossoms in direct proportions to the tax increases and places even more pressure on the law-abiding taxpayers, providing still more underground economy, a vicious circle that must be broken. Now, here's the one that I was quoting to you. With two-thirds of everyone's personal income taxes wasted or not collected, 100% of what is collected is absorbed solely by interest on the federal debt and by the federal government uh, contributions to the transfer payments. 
In other words, all individual income tax revenues are gone before one nickel is spent on the services which taxpayers expect from their government. Now, that violates number three of the, um, um, what is it, uh, number um, that, that we read earlier. So what it says is, see, I use this in my letter. I have that section highlighted. In other words, you're telling me to pay my fair share, my fair share, no matter what I put in. If I if I quadruple what I'm putting in, 100% of it doesn't even go. So therefore, they're violating Publication 1, Part 3. So anyways, that's what we're starting to do now. Um, when the IRS writes you a letter and you get it in the mail, and as soon as they say something to you, that's how we do it. Now, the next question is, um, if you haven't gone to the tax court, again, I don't give legal advice. I recommend that you would, or I would do it. Let me put it this way. I would do it. Get your court order so that you have something to prove you you never got a claim. See? Um, so we got three and, people waiting, by the way, when you're ready. That is perfectly fine. Go ahead. 214, go ahead. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. This is Martha. Hello, how are you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm in DeSoto, Texas. And so, of course, I got another notice of intent to levy in uh, your collection due process rights to a hearing. So I, I'm resending the petition back to the court again, but I've already had one ruling from the court, which they're not recognizing, I suppose. Okay. We did, we did yeah, the updated please. petition on this, Carrie. We did the updated I understand. petition. Okay. Okay. So if they're not looking at it, they're violating number 11. You have a right. See, you have a right to have be treated fairly. See, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're using what you have. We can't, we can't manufacture something you don't have. And what we're using is we're using the IRS's own statements. Okay. And what we're doing is we're trying our best to get them uh, off of your back. So what we do is what we do is we put letters together that uses their own quotes. Like I said, I went here the other day with a guy, and we were just beating, we were browbeating him with Title 26, and the IRS agent said, "Lord, I mean, uh, Judge, he can't use Title 26 anymore. It has no legal effect." So we beat them just by using Title 26. Um, see, we have to understand something. We're not in a, we don't have a constitutional court. We have a, we have a, a, a um, statutory court. So because we have a statutory court, the court has to hear statutes. Otherwise, the courts can go out of business. We don't need them. So we're, we're using statutes, and the best statute to use is Title 26. And see, so what we're doing is we're setting them up for we're setting them up for failure. Now, care, does are they going to continue any, to send the same thing over and over? Not necessarily. What, what you need to do is is you need to send that back and and and, and uh, okay. Are you in front of a computer? Yeah, I am. Okay, I want you to look something up, and when you get it, come back on here, and I'm going to show you how to write the letter and what you need to say in it 
so that you can we can stop this nonsense for you. If you will, put in 1040 instructions. I'm going to show you what you need to put in your letter so that when you send it in, you're using what they say. You're quoting them. You're using their statutes. Everything that they're saying, we're going to, we're going to debunk it right now. So put in the 1040 instructions. When you get it, go, when you get it, let, come back and we're going to read it together and I'm going to show you what it says so that, so that, so that, you, so that we can, we can stop them from keep coming. This will help you stop them from coming. Okay. Martha, I'm going to keep your microphone open. Okay. 816, go ahead. <clears throat> Hi, Carrie and Tad. This is for real. I want you to know that um, the man that was talking, um, who was, mm-hmm. his voice was breaking up a little bit, that is Hartford Van Dyke. And he is the author yes. of not the, uh, not the edition that's commonly available on the Internet, but of the genuine silent weapons for quiet wars. He wrote that, and most of it has um, uh, some of it uh, correct in the online versions. He also wrote the book called The Skeleton in Uncle Sam's Closet, which is a true account of what happened at uh, on Hawaii uh, in um, 1941. Um, yes, 1941 on on the island there. His uncle was on the island in uh, naval, um, uh, well, he, his, his uncle, he had relatives involved in the Navy at that time, and they had plenty of warnings sent up to the president at that time. That's another book that he wrote. He has also written where he was talking about uh, the things he was mentioning on uh, the call is his, uh, the fundamental principles and processes of commercial law. Very valuable. Uh, He also wrote public public wealth rebate bank account information. And it goes for a case number. How to create currencies for local community. He wrote that in 2002. And that's very valuable because that is, um, uh, gives the process of, um, it's one of, has a lot to do with how to do the criminal complaint that he said, and he has all the forms, everything uh, right available. And I had invited uh, Hartford to the call tonight, so he has your website, Tad. He knows how okay. to get in touch with you, and I will help him communicate okay. with you if you want to. Right. He does not have, he does not use internet at home, and so. Um, the Right to Keep and Bear Liens is another one of his book, and The Bank Book, Using the Public Wealth Tax Rebate Notes. That was 2015. So I wanted you to know who it was. You know, thank great you. I want to personally thank you for having him here. I want to personally thank you for having him here. Thank you. All right. We'll, maybe we'll no. do a, a private call. Yeah. That it I told him that I would. I told him I would be glad to facilitate that for him, with you, okay. Carrie, and maybe you, Ted. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Oh, we ready for 1040, 1040 instructions. 
Go ahead. Okay, I'm I'm there. He said he go to 1040 instructions and he's going to show me how to write a letter or to get rid of these people. Where Gary? should I be going? Gary. Gary. Well, it's probably page 108 is probably what he's going to uh, direct you to. Privacy Act statement. I think Kerry's phone is acting up on us again. Shows that he's still here, but he's kind of blank. So, uh, have you, are you at page 108? Just one second. Yeah. What does it say at the top? A little bit over there. It still has a list of just um, there are 108 Disclosure Privacy Act and Paperwork Reduction Act. There you go. On the left-hand side, go down to where it says, yeah, Carrie's gone. Go down to where it says our legal right to ask. Oh, wait a minute. There he is. It, I dropped off. There we okay, go. Now, Got you back. I'm back. Now, so okay, go we're to the, the right. right go we're to, on the right page yeah. with her. She's reading our that's, legal right to fine. ask. Okay, now go to the left column, third paragraph. Start reading that for me. I'm going to stop you so you define it and understand what it says. Go ahead. Our legal right to ask for information. Stop. Uh, stop. Right there. Stop. Right there. Right there. Who's our? Me. me. No. My legal right. No. No. The people. Who's that? Our? No. The IRS. The IRS has a legal right to ask. So it's oh, saying. See? That, uh, see, the IRS has legal right to ask. So what's the opposite of legal? Illegal. Okay, so then if they don't ask a legal question in a legal proper way, then it's illegal. So now go ahead and start over and read it. The IRS's legal right to ask. Go ahead. Our legal right to ask for information is Internal Revenue Code Section 6001-611 and 612A and their regulations. They say you must follow the Stop right there. Hold on. Okay. Who's they? The IRS. No. The IRS is, is out. They say you, so, you must file okay. a return. Okay. They, please, they listen to, please listen to okay. me now. Who's they? Okay. Let no, me read it. See if you pick it up. Okay. Let me help you with it. 6001. 6011, 6012A, and their regulations. They, those three sections and their regulation say you must file a return or statement. Does not say a 1040 there, does it? Nope. So you're nope. current on all your statements. See? And then it says file with us. If you look up the word file, file has, anyways, so what I do is I do, I, I, my, my, my gift is I don't make any determinations. They haven't made a determination. They're just telling you you have to file a 1040. No, you don't. You have to file a return because a 1040 is a return. 
an OID is a return, a 1041 is a return, so on and so on and so on. Those are all returns. They don't tell you which one to, to, to file. So what you're going to do is you're going to put together a letter and you're going to say, according to the Paper Reduction Act, Privacy Act notice, it states I must file a return or statement. I'm current on all my statements. See? Doesn't that make sense now? It makes sense, but there's still... Okay. It makes sense what you're saying. So... Okay, now, hold on. So... Okay, that's the reason why you got, when you went to the tax court, the tax court said, we didn't give you a notice of deficiency or notice of determination. The reason they told you that, because you don't have to file a return, or you don't have to file, you don't have, you can file a statement. So that's what you say. I'm current on all my statements. You have made a mistake. See Exhibit A. Now that you have the basis of it, then you send them your court order back. You send them your court order and the and the and not only the the court order but also the um, motion that you got. You send the motion with the court order with the well, cover letter. Hold saying, on. Hold on. Her case, she got the one that says dismissed for failure to state a claim. Okay. So we're so, redoing so it. You, no, you, that's okay. While you're redoing it, use it. You agree with them. They're agree, you agree with them because I never received a claim as the court stated. Then you write the letter and, and use what she has. We have to use what we have. We can't manufacture okay. something we don't have. Right. Okay. Martha, does that make sense? Doesn't that make sense? See? Yeah. See, in other words, yeah. uh, according to the, the court, there's never been a claim. Because I never received a statutory notice of deficiency or statutory notice of determination. That's out of the way. Then you go back and do the same thing. Still go after your stuff. That way we can jump, we get a jump on it. We, I just use what well, we I have. I just want to actually not acquiesce and say something because you only have a certain amount of time and to get back to them. And they name okay. that time. That's fine. I just told you how to write the letter. Get with Tad, and we'll help you with the letter. It's not a problem. But you're basically going to tell them. You're current on all your statements, and because there's never been a claim, um, you and they agreed with you. Therefore, there's never been a claim. Therefore, see, there can be not, there, <laughs> what you're doing is illegal. You want to come and see the judge with me? Let's go see the judge. We have to. Inv- I invite them to see the judge with me all the time. <laughs> None of them's taken it up yet. Okay. Well, I will do that. But let me just tell you what I did. I today I did send off back that petition back off stating what they did say. But I will write this letter to say, um, uh-huh. you know, just what you're telling me to do. I'll put this together. Mm-hmm. That's great. And and you went off back to the court. That's fine. Yeah. I we'll tighten. We'll tighten up. See, they're saying you. Stating a claim that relief can't be granted. It doesn't say you're stating a claim. All it says is stating a claim that relief can't be granted. Who stated the claim? Nobody. They're right. There's never been a claim. You didn't make it, and they didn't make it. No problem. Okay? So we'll use what you have, and we'll, inc- and we'll get a better statement for you. Okay, put that together and uh, get back with me when you're done, Martha. Okay. Okay. Martha, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. Andrew, your turn. This is our last caller for the evening. After this, we're done. All right. Hi, Dad. Hi, Carrie. Yeah, uh, Carrie, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, got my or- got my order today, minus uh, 2017. So that's all good news. And uh, yes, be moving moving forward with uh, Tad on the on the claim. Um, I I have an issue with the uh, Pennsylvania state um, income tax, and I, I had a court case, and I, I basically got railroaded uh, and made a lot of mistakes. I I too much information and they, they just took pieces of everything I did and used it against me. Um, right. See, that's what, and right. that's what we're doing to them. See, it's TMI. Be careful with the TMI. No problem. Go ahead. Exactly. So I, I, I made some mistakes for two years. Um, on the third year uh, in question, they, they sent me, you know, I sent them the affidavits and corrected the record and, and the whole nine yards. Uh, and they sent me a uh, notice of adjustment where they adjusted my account down to zero that I didn't owe any tax. Uh, but as soon as they did that, like two weeks later, they, they sent me a, a notice of assessment, um, basically reversing what they had already said. that. Okay, uh, I didn't owe stop for tax. just a second. You, you just hit a grand slam. You just had your case reinstated, and you just won your case. Do you understand why? Uh, well, I have I have their original notice saying, uh, you know, everything's so. Oh. Nope. No. Here's why. The, ta- the state cannot use Federal Reserve notes as tax. So what – it went from zero to whatever it was. That figure that they're using, what specie is it figured in? Now, all you hang it on is specie. Do you know what specie means? Yes, it's a, a, a coin of uh, precious metal. Okay, kind or okay, that's okay. It's kind of money. So if they'll take money, go get pesos. Pesos are sixteen hundred to one. Send them sixteen hundred. Send them a dollar. See, now that you have that, what? What figures, what did you use, what specie did you use, what specie does that number represent? If you don't tell okay. me, you can't, you can't, see, let's step back. When I said this earlier, if I owe you $100, who has the problem? I have the problem. They, they say you owe them money. They got the problem. I'm ready to fix the problem. You're going to tell me what species you accept so I can fix the problem. If you choose not to, you choose it's paid. Don't, va- don't vary from that. Doesn't that make sense? See, they now have the problem. They've created a problem for themselves. So what you're going to do is you're going to put together a series of letters. I can show you how to do that if you want. Um, I can show you what part of the law you're going to use, and then you're going to put it together, and you're going to send it to them. I'm ready, willing, and able to give you $25,000, dollars $3 whatever it is. That's irrelevant because that specie that, that they're asking for, they are required to know. Now, if I tell you, you owe me nine, what is your answer? Nine what? 
I'm not going to tell you, but if you don't give me nine, I'm going to take your house, beat your wife, and bite your kids. That makes no sense. I said, I, you only I nine, nine grains of sand. That's fine. You, th- there it is. It doesn't matter what you give them because, see, you're, what you're going to do is you're not going to uh, you're not going to give them your defense yet. You're going to go in there on offense and you're going to say, "I'm ready, willing, and able to fix the problem." You have a problem, and that problem is you said I owed you. I'll agree to it, but I need to know what you will accept this payment. What species? If you tell me, I'll give it to you. Because if they tell you, they're going to prison. If you don't tell me, then you agree. You made a mistake and it's paid. They're in a no-win, no-win situation. And you're in a no-lose, no-lose. By them doing what they did, they gave you your case. All you have to do now is tweak it two or three times and it's over. You're done. Put a fork in them. Put a fork in them. It's done. Because they came back and said you owed them something. Okay, I'm going to go back and say it again. You owe me nine. If you don't pay me nine, I'm going to come down there and bite your wife and beat your kid up. What's your answer? Right, right. Nine what? See? I'm, That's I'll, what we're yeah, going to do here. Nine is something, but you have to tell me what, what it is. That's all. Right. And in your case, you're going to say specie because specie is a particular thing. Now, I want you to, I'm going to ask you this quick question. I want you to answer it. My truck, I have an F-150. My truck has 17-inch tires on it. I need new tires. What size of tires am I buying? Um, yeah, I, I don't know what tires you need to buy for your F-150. Okay, uh, my F-150. No, I didn't say I was buying it for my F-150. I'm buying it for my trailer. My trailer has 22-inch tires on it. See? Uh, In other words... You didn't, well, you're buying 17-inch. 17-inch tires won't fit my trailer. My trailer uses 22-inch, and they're 12-ply because it's a big trailer. So it makes no difference because, see, it's the same thing here. You owe us 25000 Man, I believe you. I believe you. But in order for me to give you the 25000 that you want and I want to give you, you have to tell me what you'll accept for payment. What species will you accept? See? The next question is, if I bring down to your office 25000 will you recognize it if it's what you want? What are they going to say? Yeah. Um, okay, what is it? Then what is it? Probably money. Okay, stop right there. You, you don't tell them that because let them tell you. We're not going to tell you. See, then what I did, this is what I did. I'm not telling you anything to do this. I asked the judge, okay, can I pay my property tax with money, dollars, that I can buy property with and houses? He said yes. I took a Monopoly money. I took Boardwalk down there, and I took one of those green houses. I said, you can buy this piece of property, this house, with that money, with those dollars. He stood there and looked at me. And now he didn't know what to say because I have it on the record. See, all I do is ask him. I never tell him nothing. I make no determinations. I, that's, I just have a gift that way. If you ask me a question, I'll answer the question, but I'll only answer the question you asked. A perfect example of this, if you want to watch a TV show, watch Gracie Allen and George Burns. George Burns says something. Gracie Allen goes off on it. That's exactly what I do to him right there. 
And what happens is you're trying, see, they gave you, they, your case is over, by the way. If I work with you for a few weeks, it'll be over. It'll be done. You, it's over. Put a fork in them because they told you, you don't owe nothing. Now you owe something. Okay. Since I know what nothing means. So since I owe nothing, now I owe something. What that something, what is that something that I owe you so I can pay? See, I get them. Now they're going to be ticked. They're going to be pissed. Does that make sense? Get with us tomorrow. All right. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Andrew, we're looking looking forward to it. Thank you for your call. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thanks, Andrew. All right. That'll do it for tonight. Gary, thank you very much. Thank everybody else for My being pleasure. here. Thank you for Beryl for bringing this uh, high-powered man to our call. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you, Beryl. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.